On this episode of The Trillist, we have... I grew up a lot around a lot of Latinx and African Americans. Like my school is like 70% Latinx and like 5% Asian. And I think I somehow ended up still just mainly being attracted to Asian girls. I was actually really into um, to women with, with curly hair, like specifically curly hair. I know, I remember there was like this one girl that I wasn't really into because she had her hair straight. I like athletic girls. Um, my past couple of girlfriends, you know, um, were black women. I found that most of my crushes and girls that I were, was attracted to were white. For more chill content, follow the Trillis Instagram at T H E T R I L L E S T underscore podcast. And check out Sia's Insta at L I N D A L E B B I E. And if you like this video, and I know you do, just admit it, please rate our podcast it will help us with reaching more people and also share it with your friends your family your loved ones just share it hello everyone welcome to this episode of the trillist on today's episode i have four lovely gents we have blue hello green Hey, everyone. Red. Hello. And white. Hey, everyone. So to begin, could each of you please briefly tell me what you're passionate about or what you are pursuing or plan to pursue post-grad? Yeah, so I just graduated and I currently work in real estate and part-time in politics. And I'm looking forward to hopefully getting back to traveling one of these days when this pandemic ends. Yeah. So I'd say uh, my passion right now is um, kind of just helping people out. So that's really led me to the world of working in politics and business pretty much. Um, so for me, you know, I haven't graduated yet, but I'll be working in uh, New York full time afterwards doing some kind of consulting or something along those lines. So I'd say, yeah, my passion is helping people out pretty much. I'm still in college. Uh, I'm interested in uh, business and politics, specifically consulting and, um, but realistic, realistically, like, I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen. So we'll see. Uh, my plan is to go to law school uh, after I graduate. And I'm also interested in politics and interested in criminal justice reform as well. Well, all of you have a variety of interests. But it sounds like each of you are interested in either business or politics or even business real estate. Would you say that it is important to stay informed and up to date on what is going on with the world today? 
Yeah, definitely. I think as far as, as you know, real estate goes, working for a commercial real estate company, you have to know market trends um, and things of that sort. So being up to date is is it's, it's paramount, honestly. Well, lucky for you and our lucky listeners, the Trillist is sponsored by The Economist. We have a personal link that you can click on and go and get a digital subscription for $19 if you're a student and $25 for non-students. The Economist has a whole section dedicated to what is going on in business globally and domestically. And you can also pay attention to what is happening in politics all over the world, uh, in human rights, and even social justice reform. They did a whole coverage on the Black Lives Matter resurgence due to the death of George Floyd. So again, they have whole issues dedicated to updating readers on what is happening with the COVID pandemic so we can get back to traveling and life as usual. Again, the link is in our description. Get your life, $19 discount, 12 weeks. It's everything you want and more. And you can also share the link and spread the love. All right, so let's get into this episode. As the title tells you, we're talking about dating types, preferences, attraction, all of that good stuff. I would like to say that there is no wrong answer. We're all humans. We're all shaped by society and what is around us growing up and currently. But to begin, I would like to ask each of you, If you have a preference, this can be a physical attribute, personality, so on. I have a friend who's super tall, so she likes tall men, etc. Yeah, so I'm not necessarily super tall myself, but I do like taller girls. You know what I mean? Um, I I do like girls with a little height on them. Um, I'm a sucker for someone who can tell jokes and make me laugh. Um, And I think athleticism i do uh i've fallen for many many uh athletes and so i've realized that's that's sort of a trait that's constant in every girl that i have interest in uh yeah i'd say for me on you know like the personality end um i think one of my biggest things is always um they have to be able to like make me laugh and like have a good time with them because for me it's like yeah if i can't enjoy spending time with you then i don't really like it's not worthwhile for me to you know further engage with it pretty much is what i would say yeah, so uh, I generally have a type two. I really like uh, shorter girls, maybe because I'm not super tall myself. Um, I really like nice, innocent, uh, intelligent girls. I think that um, I generally don't like partying or going out. So anyone who can kind of just match my homebody vibe and just chill down with me is like something that I, I really like and look for. Yeah, similar to Red, um, I'm not that tall. I'm 5'7", so I prefer uh, girls who are shorter than me. Um, and I just, I'm really attracted to girls that are uh, intelligent and uh, honest and someone that I just really feel like I can be myself with um, and have a great sense of humor. When did you each first realize that you had this preference and what do you think shaped your preferences? Yeah, I think I first found out about my preference in high school. Um, like with like my like my first really serious crush, I think that in many ways like she kind of uh, shaped my preferences moving forward. Um, 
and yeah and since then like like kind of falling for someone for me like also informs you a lot about like yourself too like you think about like what are you what are you compatible with them what are you maybe incompatible and um i guess like the more you just like someone like the more you realize like learn about yourself at the same time well yeah i'd I'd say that high school really you start you start dating you start realizing what you like and you kind of start seeing trends and patterns and that sort of followed me into college and so that's kind of how i formed that um you know that knowledge I'd say first for me, it just like it was like a pattern of like the people I was hanging out with and I caught interest in. And I got out of interest in. Uh, it, I saw a pattern of like, yeah, I don't think this person is like someone I'm really vibing with that well, even though they could be as cute in the world or as beautiful in the world or whatever. But it's like, oh, I'm not really vibing with them, so I'm not really feeling it that much. So it's you know, uh, maybe I'd say around you know when I was in high school and I was like started dating and everything like that, I kind of started realize that a little bit. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, the early years of high school, I think that's kind of where you transition from kind of juvenile sort of crushes to something that's more serious and you can really explore really what your interests are um, and kind of see for girls that I may be attracted to, but maybe for, for whatever reason, um, I'm not interested in dating them. That kind of helped shape my preferences. Hmm. Well, White, I like that you brought up this girls I'm attracted to, but not interested in dating. Uh, response because we have an episode that's already out already that has the ladies' perspectives on these questions and this topic. And in that episode, one of them spoke about how she, she's as a black girl, dated a white guy. He was Jewish. And after they started dating, he soon broke up with her. He told this to her years later that he was getting off-putting comments from his friends and realized that he couldn't date a black girl because of his friends and the shame and the crazy comments he was getting. So I would want to know, none of you have spoken or touched on the aspect of ethnic background, but do you think ethnic background plays a role in who you're interested in or who you disqualify from pursuing? Um, I would say, generally speaking, no. But I do have like a specific type of race. Like I do like Asian girls, like as an Asian guy. But I think a big reason um, why I might stray away from dating different ethnic groups is due to like parental approval or parental like disapproval. Um, it just can be really hard because like my parents like really really wanted like an asian girl basically but i think generally speaking for me like like it was a much bigger deal to seek their approval when i was younger but i think that as i've grown up like i'm definitely become more open-minded and um i i look for different things aside from like racial compatibility like i think part of growing up is like knowing your love languages and if someone can fulfill your love languages like let's say words of affirmation or acts of service i think that that can easily overcome like a racial barrier but that's just my perspective so yeah personally in a sia you know this i don't have any <laughs> i don't have any issues uh, dating, dating outside of my race um but i think as a whole like society puts constraints on people um and, and like someone ha- like like well like you had said earlier with that um the girl who's dating the the jewish guy people see these things that they aren't used to and then they make comments because it makes them feel whatever type of way you know it's not it's not the norm typically um, inter- interracial relationships. And so I think, um, yeah, no, so society plays a really big part in that. 
and they, you know, it makes it, it makes it hard at times for some people to step out of their box and, you know, try that out. Yeah. I'm going to echo that for sure. Um, I think for me personally on the topic of like, you know, um, like how any kind of ethnic traits have kind of shaped my own personal preferences. I would say, like, I, I noticed, like, you know, similar to the theme I was talking about earlier, but like kind of noticing these trends from a younger age, that um, I was actually really into um, to women with, with curly hair, like specifically curly hair. I know, I remember there was like, this one girl that I wasn't really into because she had her hair straight. And then one day she like curled her hair and then it was, it was like a switch, like just turned on. And it was like, you know, I think so, but obviously not everyone, has the ability to have curly hair, right? So to some extent, like that is like some kind of like ethnic motivation there. But I think, you know, echoing those points earlier, I think, you know, it's all about like kind of understanding those things and, and understanding, you know, where that mentality is coming from and addressing it in some ways. What do you mean by not everyone can have curly hair? Were you talking about a white girl who couldn't have curly hair or are you saying a black girl can't have curly hair? What yeah, kind so of curls are we talking? Yeah, yeah. So for example, like if someone keeps their hair short, right? Um, like, you know, I'm, I think the curly hair I'm talking about is like longer curly hair, right? Maybe like shoulder length slash longer, something along those lines. Um, but if someone maybe keeps their hair shorter or, you know, their hair doesn't grow out as quickly or something along those lines, um, they wouldn't really have that same ability to have the type of curly hair, if that makes sense. Yeah, so for me, um, I'm Asian and I have generally um, been attracted to and, and dated Asian girls. Um, but I don't actively um, kind of disqualify other races. I think it's really a product of just I've been in largely Asian friend groups and um, my high school is mostly Asian. So it's kind of just a product of the environment. Um, and then going off the hair point, this is not related to ethnicity at all for me, but um, I've always found myself attracted to girls with uh, longer hair as opposed to shorter hair. I even wonder again, like I said at the start of this episode, that it's true, our surroundings do shape our preferences. I uh, grew up in a community where I was surrounded by white people, not to say that there weren't, there were barely any black people. My town is like 4% black, my hometown. However, there is a, the largest minority are Dominican Latinx people. But I went to private school and then I went to charter school and my friend group just remained white for most of my life. And I just remember, especially in high school, because I'm still not allowed to date <laughs> as traditional African girl things. But I remember in high school, I used to see couples on like YouTube. There's this big like interracial like channels you know such as Nikki and Jamie they're now divorced and so on but I remember watching it and I was like oh this is so great blah 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 because growing up I didn't really have celebrity crushes but of course I thought uh, uh what's his name uh Jesse McCartney I thought he was really cute did not like Justin Bieber I just was never into it or even like Harry Styles or Zayn and so on so I was just attracted to I was also I also like black guys as well, but even someone who I don't know pursued me in high school and I spoke back to him a little bit. Uh, he was Nigerian and Vietnamese, so again differences and so on. But it's fascinating how what we grow up around is what we generally pursue. And I just wanted to ask if you all well, White has already said this that that's what was 
around. That was his friend group and his high school predominantly. But for others, your dating record, is it reflected by your, the communities that you're in? Yeah, that's actually a really interesting point because I grew up a lot around a lot of Latinx and African Americans. Like my school is like 70% Latinx and like 5% Asian. And I think I somehow ended up still just mainly being attracted to Asian girls. I think that in many times, like it can play a big influence, but like, I think that uh, sometimes like maybe for me, like maybe I just value cultural similarities or like similar cultural values. Um, and I think there's could be times where you growing up around a predominantly different race than like your own like background can also be difficult because they don't value the same things that you value. Let's say like, for example, that maybe this is like overgeneralizing, right? But like Asians like value academics growing up in like a Latinx background, like a lot of people value athletics over academics. So like maybe I didn't feel valued. Maybe I could have liked a Hispanic girl, but maybe she wouldn't have liked me because I didn't fit like what she valued and stuff. So um, just based off my own experience, like I find myself just still gravitating to like my own culture, um, even if it's not particularly intentional. I just want to jump in there quickly because I partly agreed with uh, someone from your background values similar things, but disagree with necessarily like Latinx people value uh sports because then it gets into stereotypes and so on but again you grew up in that community so you've you've experienced things but i do agree that someone of your same background speaks the same like languages as you food is similar knows how to dress your family and so on and i remember speaking to my cousin in college and in college there's we go to a predominantly white institution, a PWI. So there's a lot of like white guys around, you know? And I find that white guys tend to approach me more. Same with African guys as well, but not necessarily black American men. But I have found that I value and want a West African man who will eat fufu with me with our hands in like okra and wants to travel to Sierra Leone, Nigeria, and uh, loves jollof rice and West African music and calls my mom auntie or mama and not like by her first name, which is a cardinal sin for all of you dating African people. Never call your in-laws or potential in-laws by their first names. You will be like looked down upon immediately. So thank you for bringing that up because I agree that is there's comfort and in what you know and your ethnic someone of your ethnic background. Yeah, so I guess going off of your previous um question as regarding, you know, um do you find yourself interested in in people that you grew up around and I, I would say yes I do because um I'm from Texas but I went to a regular old public school we had, I mean, we had a pretty good mixture of, of, of races. You know, it wasn't like, it was predominantly white, but it was probably like, you know, 40% white. And then the rest being made up of, of you know, black people and Hispanic people. Um, and so I think that along with the fact that I played sports growing up, that sort of shaped my, um, that sort of shaped my interests. And like I said, like, I like athletic girls. Um, my past couple of girlfriends, you know, um, were black women. Um, and so I think, that 
you know, growing up in that environment in a, a sports environment sort of shaped my uh, interests. I'd say for me, it's definitely um, motivated by the people that I've been around. I think it's almost kind of like a story of my two different environments, you know, one being high school, the other being college. Um, I see like, you know, the past two girlfriends that I've had, um, they were, they were, they were both um, like black woman, curly hair, looping back to what I was saying earlier. Um, but you know, the high school I was in, it was maybe about maybe 40% black, 40% white. And then, you know, like, you know, like 20% other and everything like that. Um, but a lot of the people that I spent a lot of time with, you know, were like my black friends and stuff like that, you know, were these black women that, you know, had the curly hair and everything like that. Right. Um, but then, you know, when I came to college, right, completely different atmosphere, right. You know, very small minority population and everything like that. Um, I, I definitely, a trend that I noticed once I came here, it was, it was like a very subconscious thing for a while. And then I, I picked up on it, but, um, I found myself like talking to a lot of, um, of Asian girls for a little bit. And I was like, oh, like, this is interesting, right? Like, I, I never really like thought about it too much. And I was like, yeah, like the past couple of girls I've been talking to, they all happened to be Asian, right? So I'm like, okay, well, then I thought about it more. And I was like, okay, yeah, like they all happen to be like Korean as well, too. So I was like, okay, well, something's going on here, right? Let me like kind of address this a little bit. Let me see what's going on. Like, what is like, what is this, um, this, um, this attraction that I'm feeling or something like that, right? But I think a really important distinction to draw is um, the difference between having like a type or a preference or something like that and like fetishizing something. I think that's a, a very strong distinction that should be drawn. Because like, you know, once you get into the range of like fetishizing something, it becomes more of a problem. But I think when it's in the the type range, it's a little bit different, I would say. Yeah, so I um, already mentioned before that I think that a large part of my attraction preferences are due to uh, the environment that I'm in. So I mentioned that in high school, my uh, it was predominantly Asian. Uh, but in middle school, it was really mostly white. And then there, um, I, even though there were other Asian girls, I found that most of my crushes and girls that I were was attracted to were white. So I think that, that the, the environment that I'm in, uh, the friend groups that I'm in, the people I, I interact with, um, I think play a greater part for me than just sticking with uh, one ethnic group that I'm attracted to. Thank you all for answering. I wanted to bring up something that Green mentioned when he said that what we have to dis- distinguish, um, yeah, distinguish what the difference is between preference and fetishization. So, like Blue mentioned, his past few girlfriends have been black, however, I'm sure, and I know this, but Blue has a lot of black friends and is in like black circles. So those are the people that you meet. I don't think you are fetishizing these women. And something that I've talked to with my friends uh, when we've been discussing this topic is what is that difference? And an answer I've come up with personally, and all of you guys can jump in and push back on that. or give your own definitions, is that when you seek someone for sexual gratification and you don't want to get to know them as an individual to date them and so on, I feel like that marks the difference between fetishization and having a preference. I don't know. You guys can tell me I'm wrong, so on. Yo, I I totally agree, to be honest. I think that... um like a big thing that's going on like i guess the asian community is like asian women being specifically fetishized by like different races and i think that it's okay to like have a preference for race but when when the emphasis on race like overcomes 
certain things of compatibility within a relationship. Like, let's say, like, you specifically like someone because, like, they're Asian and, like, that, and, like, you only like them for being Asian as opposed to, like, really listening to, like, their interest or, like, really, like, liking how you guys vibe or something like that. I think when race becomes an overbearing factor, that's when it becomes fetishization. Yeah, I agree completely. I think it, I think it, and, it, and sort of going back to what you said, Sia, it kind of comes down to, um, is it, is there a genuine interest there? Do you actually want to get to know them and grow with them and, you know, possibly one day have a, have a, a long-term relationship or is it, you know, is it a, is it a one night thing? Is it purely physical? Do you see them as, you know, less of as a, as a person and more so as a, um, like, like an object? Uh, I think that's kind of, that's, that's why I agree with you. Uh, I think that's kind of where you kind of got to draw the line. Is it, is it superficial or is it going to, you know, possibly be a real thing? Yeah, definitely uh, agree with those sentiments. I'd say on, on a further level too, that I think if it gets to the point where you're like actively seeking out, right, someone of that type, I think that's when it also gets into the range of fetishizations, right? Like, you know, if I was into, you know, Hispanic woman, right, and I go into La Casa every day trying to hit on Hispanic woman, right, I, that's very problematic, right? Um, so I think once it gets into like a range like that, where it's like, oh yeah, like I know I have to only talk to Hispanic women or whatever, like I, it has to be a Hispanic woman. I think that's when it gets into more of that problematic range of like fetishization and less about being, it being a preference. Yeah, I really agree with what everybody has said. Um, definitely like in the Asian American community, um, whenever I think that I've had conversations where when we see, um, like, let's say like a white male who like only dates, uh, or only hooks up with. Asian females, it's definitely like, it just looks kind of suspicious. And it's possible that, you know, that's just a type and it's just innocent and not fetishization at all. But it definitely is like a huge problem. And I think I um, basically what everyone else said, it really comes down to whether um, you're going after somebody because of like, just like their race and just like, or whether it be sexual or otherwise, or is it because um, you really just want to get to know the person and just maybe the personality attributes of that race um, just attracts you, that would be fine. But if you're just really just being on that superficial level, that's when it can become very problematic. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, you know what's interesting, what I just thought about with White's response is that I don't know if you all heard about this, but it was early January where Alec Baldwin's wife, whose real name is Hillary Baldwin, not Hilaria, but she, for the longest time, put on this whole charade that she was a Spanish woman, spoke in an accent. She's from Boston. <laughs> and it's crazy because she was featured on Ola magazine a few times and all of this stuff. And then it questions people on the outside. It was a whole big thing. And then uh, the attempted coup on January 6th kind of blew that out of the water because that's how news works. Some other big thing happens and people forget about what's going on or canceling an individual. Cancel culture isn't real, but that's a story. That's a topic for another day. Anyways, it's interesting because people said that she probably did that because she know it makes her more uh, quote unquote exotic. And she knows that the Baldwin brothers tend to like women of Latinx, Hispanic. Uh, let me say Latinx because one of them is married to a Brazilian woman, Latinx woman. 
So it comes into this whole thing, like, did he know that her accent was fake this whole time? All of their children have Spanish names. Her family has come out and said they're English, they're Irish, they're Northern European, not Spanish one bit. But her parents always used to love to go back to Spain and travel there and have a home. And she just took on this whole uh, identity. She Rachel Dolezald the situation, basically. But I want to know whether you believe that there's this whole thing to be a certain type of individual because you want a certain type of person. I don't know if you guys catch my flow, catch my drift. No, I, I definitely understand what you're saying, Sia. I think um, like I grew up around like Maryland, D.C. area. So around there, there's a really heavy like white culture, to be honest, um, despite me growing up around a lot of Latinx and African-Americans, like there was a degree of white worshiping. So a lot of Asian girls I knew actually like had a, some sort of fetish for white guys too. So I think that like, um, and many times, like I found myself wishing that I was white or like wishing that I had white features or like just being like part of the, the desired demographic. So um, I don't think, <laughs> I think that it's a bit extreme to like change your name and like fake your background and everything too. But I, I do understand the sentiment of um, wanting to be like something that you're not, if that makes sense. I agree with, with, with what he just ended there. There's a level of like cultural divide, I think, between, between cultures, you know what I mean? And so I think to an extent, some people, they find, they find that that's an, you know, uh, an easy excuse to like, you know, appropriate culture and to try to fit in almost too much. You know what I mean? But there's a level of uniqueness and you've got to be yourself. You know what I'm saying? When you, when you come into these situations and these relationships and I don't know, I just, I just find it, I find it interesting that people will go as far as to like, you know, try to change their own accent or, or, you know, what have you to, uh, to try to fit in or to try to morph into another race or another culture. It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I agree. I think that's like, you know, absolutely crazy. Um, I think also it's kind of indicative of maybe there's like some kind of deeper problem or thing that should be addressed there. Like, you know, like, why do you feel the need to pretend that you are Hispanic, pretend that you're white or pretend that you're black, right? Just for the, you know, the attention or, you know, you know, um, you want people to be attracted to you and stuff like that. You know, like, what about our culture has made it get to the point where, oh, you know, if I'm a black woman, I want to be perceived as being white sometimes because that's more attractive in our culture, right? I think sometimes that, you know, you just need to address like, why has that become such an ingrained part of our culture where it's like, oh, like, you know, this idea of white beauty, right? You know, like, why is that such an ingrained part of our culture? And how do we take the steps to, you know, A, you know, address the fact that this thing exists, that this is a very real thing that people experience and go through and have these ideas of. And then B, it's like, how do we remove ourselves from this ideology of like, yeah, like, you know, you know, like all beauty is confined within this white space and you can't find beauty anywhere else. How do we start to move away from that ideology pretty much? Yeah, I'm taking um, a class right now uh, in the Asian American Studies Department. And this doesn't necessarily directly relate to dating and attraction, but I think it is uh, at least a little bit related. Um, and so f especially for, for Asians, there's this whole model minority myth. I think that especially for uh, like my parents' generation, there's just this huge emphasis on trying to act like white people and, and just conforming to the standards that um, whites have kind of laid out for Asians. And I think that is a huge factor why you see so many 
um, like Asians who who just like try to to emulate um, w- like what is perceived as being the right way of doing things uh, in America. Thank you for bringing that up, White. And I agree that model minority syndrome, I don't want to say syndrome, but it's definitely a thing. And although it can be a beneficial thing in some situations, it can also be a thing that hurts the Asian community. Because what if someone does not, what if someone is East Asian, South Asian, who does not live to live up to those standards and so on. So thank you for speaking on that. Thank you, Green, for bringing up European uh beauty ideals. I believe it affects all of the world that was colonized by a European country has some sort of fucked up beauty ideal system. Uh, Colorism sprouts from this and all of the horrible isms. And it needs to, I believe that we do need to recognize it and separate ourselves from that ideology to improve society. And I would also, I loved what Red spoke about not because I personally felt it. I don't know what it is with me or how I was particularly raised, but even though I was raised around a lot of white people, I loved my blackness. And I think it's because I was also raised deeply in my West African culture. And although my town, my friends from school and church and so on were white, we also went to African parties. And over the weekends, I'd be in a different town with my Sierra Leonean, Nigerian family friends and so on. So grew up with that. And my first crush was a Nigerian Yoruba guy. And all throughout growing up, actually, I liked like, until this day, I like like Yoruba men. You guys, <laughs> the listeners, those who are African might say like Yoruba demon, like, no, let's not go there. But anyways, it's interesting, again, what you grew up with, uh, you like. But uh, I have friends who are multicultural, who have also grown up in white towns, who have spoken on not wanting to be their particular ethnic, be a part of their particular ethnic group and wishing that they were white. And when I was hearing this, and these are people who are Latinx, South Asian, uh, East Asian, and the like, I was shocked. I was like, what? Because I remember growing up and thinking like, black people are it. They've been it. We are it. It's fabulous. Like there's beauty, there's culture, there's music, there's dance, there's athleticism. It's it's vibrant. It's beautiful. Loved it. Loved every part of it. But then I spoke to my sister over break and she might slap me when I go home for like bringing up her name. <laughs> but she mentioned how uh, these Latinx boys, these Dominican boys called her and I was never called uh, ugly which I'm grateful for, and you can do with that as you will. But she was called like ugly and a monkey by these guys when she was in elementary school. And I just remembered my heart broke that that happened. And also it reminded me of stories of my black friends who also talked about being called ugly growing up. So they grew up believing at times that they were ugly in the words of outsiders, and that just breaks my heart. And yeah, and it just shows that even in one household, there's various uh, experiences with beauty and feeling that you have to be something that you're not in order to feel good about yourself. I would like to end 
this episode, wrap it up with a, I don't know, rapid fire. I would like rapid fire answers to this question. But do you think it's fair if someone was approached by someone that doesn't fit their type? This could be, I don't know, if you were, if you, you like athletic girls and someone who is uh, not in shape approaches you. Or you like Asian girls, but a Latina girl approaches you or someone with straight hair (laughs) approaches you, short straight hair. Do you think it's fair for you to say, "Uh, you're not my type? No. Or do you think it's something observed in nature? Because as we all know, you're attracted to people because of pheromones and other qualities and your brain instinctively is telling you, if we reproduce, we will have healthy children. So. What are your thoughts on that? I think it really depends. Um, general, though, I would say that it's not fair to say that, oh, like, you're not my type. Sorry. Like, I think me personally, like, I would be open-minded if it's, like, a different race or ethnicity. But, like, I think it's super important to have a talking stage. So, like, like you know, like, they're compatible with you, like, regardless of, like, the initial screening. But, yeah. He took the words right out of my mouth. I think... I don't think it's fair to just completely shut them down right off, you know, right off the rip. But um, yeah, I mean, there is a level of after a little bit, you realize, okay, maybe they're not, you know, maybe they're not as, um, they don't fit the bill, you know, perfectly, but there's a chance that, you know, that could be a good relationship. Yeah, same vein for me, you know, I think that um, it's important to really give people a a chance. Um, I think on some levels, it's fine if, like, there is no, like, strong attraction, like, if you're just aren't attracted to the person. But if the thing holding you back is your own kind of preconceived notions and types, I think that's wrong. So I think, you know, beautiful women can come from everywhere, like, all ethnicities, all shapes, height, sizes, everything like that. So, you know, I think it's important to give them the chance, like, you know, just talk to them and, and see where it goes. Yeah, I completely agree with what Green said. Um, I think that it's important to be open-minded, but I think also at the same time, it is part of human nature. Um, And if you just, you know, just plainly for whatever reason are not attracted to someone, I think it's it's just natural to, to just say, like, I'm just not attracted to you. But I think that as long as you have an open mind and you don't come in with these assumptions, um, I think that's what's important. Thank you for all being raw and answering for me to answer my own question i feel like you know what you like but again as someone who's who's open to anyone really you just have to be smart intelligent love jesus (laughs) and love the lord be a good person be connected to your family i have this like whole long list what's not on the list is the person's like race or ethnicity and so on but i think you know what you like and you shouldn't waste someone's time because a lot of times even if we try to force something that we're not necessarily into you end up hurting that person as well so what i'm saying to all of the listeners today is if you have a dating preference that is okay what is not okay is to put down people individuals who do not fit your preference or to fetishize and chase an individual just because they are your preference on paper and you haven't gotten to know them as an individual because people are not monoliths. We're all different. You know, you can be a black girl that likes anime. I don't. 
But there are girls out there, you know, and it's just important to realize this. So thank you all for coming on, for being vulnerable, for sharing your insights and your wonderful answers. All of the listeners, like I've mentioned, 34th Street's Love Issue has dropped February 11th. By this point, you all should have checked it out, read it from page to page, scrolled and gotten to absorb those gems of love stories and all things relating to love. So make sure if you haven't done what I've mentioned, that you go to 34thstreet.com and check it out. Peace and love. If you could please rate and leave a comment on this podcast, that would be great. It would help us be more easily identifiable on iTunes and so on and grow our listenership and tell your friends. Thank you. For more chill content, visit the Trillis underscore podcast on Instagram, T-H-E-T-R-I-L-L-E-S-T underscore podcast. And also visit Sia's Instagram at L-I-N-D-A-L-E-B-B-I-E.